Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, something that looks like a football podcast, but not quite. Something is missing. Someone is missing. Find out who's missing, and find out all the football goings on last week, this week, next week. All of the football you could possibly want in a football podcast is here. Before we get to that, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Uh, share the podcast around. That's the big one, people. Share the podcast around. Right. Let's get started. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast Football Podcast. Recording in progress. Hello. Yeah, you might you might have noticed that there's um the fourth the fourth wheel is missing this week. Um, it's not some kind of weird crazy scenario where we're going to talk about any kind of weird stuff. It, it, it's football podcast time. But the man driving that machine normally is uh, is is on his holidays. Um, probably several Again. beers deep. Yeah, again, yeah. Is, Probably is several that, beers deep by now. Is that the is that the story we're going with that he's on holiday? Well, I I did message him saying I was going to start calling him Judith because of the amount of time that he spends on holiday. Oh, I thought that was just the name he was going to be using from now on, having had oh, having well, had the operation. Maybe so. No? We can clarify he's not gone to Turkey, but um. You know, they might do they might do other operations in the country he has landed in. He has gone to a country might... that performs operations for a certain price that you can't get legally done in this country. Have we just set the new cookie cash record for going off track <laughs> as quick as possible? Because I think we have. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for some football. It's the round ball. Not the American sports ball, but yeah, we are here to talk some Nottingham Forest. Probably slightly less, or a lot less, Middlesbrough than normal. And a good bit of Hull City. And, of course, not forgetting Mr Cook's boys. But will they remain Mr Cook's boys this week? Wigan Athletic. Uh, We do have seven games to get to, results-wise, from last week. And a further six predictions for your listening pleasure um, for the coming week ahead. So... With a lot to get to, we'll dive into some results. And that starts in the Premier League, where Nottingham Forest took on Brighton. Mr Moore, give us the lowdown. Uh, well, considering like most of the talk of, of, of before the match was, oh, this is like from last season where we beat them 4-1, right near the end of the season where they were running out of steam and kind of trying to win an FA Cup and all that kind of thing, and... We've neglected to realise that they haven't won since September and probably could do with a win. So, come down to the city ground, folks. Um, that's giving away the ending, though. So, yeah, Forrest had the ideal start. Um, like In the lead with like under three minutes through a langer. Um, yeah, Gibbs-White picked up the, picked up the ball uh, just, just inside the Forrest's half. Tacked down the right wing. Nice little cross. Diving header-ish 
from Malanga at the back post. Good finish, crack and start. The kind of thing you want against Brighton that are quite a kind of sit back and absorb the kind of kind of keep control of the ball and stuff, that kind of thing. And Boris were doing all right uh, until they gave the goal back to via Ferguson. Uh, that was a nice finish with some shoddy defending, but a nice finish on the outside of the box, kind of just passed it into the back of the net. One each, then. Um, just just as the half-time whistle was about to blow, uh, Boris decided to blow the... Well, they'd already blown the lead, but then they decided to fully blow it by allowing João Pedro, who'd just come back on, to score with a decent... If the header was decent, the defending was shocking. Gives White, let him go, and Aina... I, I, mean, I don't know what his attempt at trying to head that ball away was. It wasn't good. Um, cue the second half. You think it's going to be a bit better? No. Uh, Chris Wood gives a penalty away for. It was. It looked soft, and the Forest fans were annoyed about it. But it's given. It, it, I think I've said this most weeks. Every time. Every time. It, it's like Forest learned their lesson last year going into the Premier League about this thing called VAR and it gives penalties when you commit fouls and generally the softer the more likely they're going to give it um, and Forrest kind of did really well not doing that last year and completely forgotten it this year because Chris Wood pulled on um, João Pedro I mean it was a bit of a tussle in the box João Pedro threw himself to the floor the ball was in the keeper's hands as he was going to the floor so like, I had no chance of getting it but the penalty was given. Um, Tucked it away, 3-1. Then the real kind of flashpoint was... <coughs> I, I, I watched the kind of commentary on it. It was like, oh yeah, that's a really bad foul. I, I, I bless Callum hudson Adoy. He was desperately trying to get on the end of that ball. But unless he was eight foot tall, which he isn't, and faster than Usain Bolt, which, spoiler it, he isn't. Alright, that ball was definitely going to the keeper. But Forrest got the penalty. As a, I assume, Lewis Dunk, who made history, being the first person in 12 years to be sent off for, who knows what he said to the, uh, um, the referee. I assume it might have something to do with the Chancellor Exchequer, as in Jeremy Hunt. He made probably a word that might have rhymed with that. Uh, cheating might have been involved as well um, but to be fair Gibbs White did well kept his cool because it took an age for him to get the penalty and tucked it away nicely celebrated afterwards considering we were 3-2 down I was like yeah mate we know you just had a kid but now you need to get on with it um, and then yeah Forrest laid siege to their goal uh, Ryan Yates had a really good good chance uh, which the keeper saved well a couple of other kind of opportunities to score, but Forrest couldn't get that equaliser. And by the kind of report, probably didn't deserve it, to be honest. And I think last week I said that Cooper was on the hot seat. It's now a very hot seat, I would suggest. Um, looking towards uh, the predictions later, um, I would suggest that um, yeah, these next two games are critical, I would say. Three-two loss, disappointing. Try not to get too disappointed because the team 
versus Hull City. Now, it was a very, very depressing start uh, for the podcast teams, um, apart from Matt's, obviously, uh, but for the championship football teams on the podcast, because much like Middlesbrough, Hull decided it was a cracking idea to go 2-0 down. Uh, Patterson scored on, um, set on in the 17th minute, and then... I mean, I'm not sure why this name didn't come up, but somebody who plays for Swansea called Yates scored their second goal uh, on 23 minutes. And it just, yeah, went down to, it was still 2-0 at half-time. Now, Rossini decided that um, changes needed to be made. It was, obviously wasn't happy with the way the first half had gone. Um, decided that it needed to bring on Christie and uh, Lakilo. And absolutely changed the game, right decision. I should add as well, the Patterson goal was his first goal since March 22. So, yeah, good one to pick when he plays one of our teams. And um, the Yates goal was a, a, a rare so far Ryan Allsop mistake. So the amount of times he saved us in a game, he actually ended up costing us a goal there, which is, we'll let him off for now. Um but yeah, second half starts, the changes were wrong and looked like a different side. Philogene scored his fourth in six games uh, on 48 minutes. And then Tyler Morton scored his first club goal on 68 minutes to tie the score at 2-2. Um, it was it was billed, it was, it was probably going to be a bit of a game of possession. And f- uh, for Hull's recent form, it was the rare occasion where the opposition actually had more of the ball. Swansea had 55% possession, but yet Hull had almost double the shots on target. So I guess that kind of shows you that the, uh, they were intent on having a go at least. So yeah, the game finished at 2-2. So points-wise, uh, Paul managed to bag himself a point for the draw. And he also, read that script, picked Patterson and Philogene, so managed to pick up three points from that game. Uh, I got a point for Philogene scoring. Unfortunately for Matt and Andy, both had 1-0 away wins and didn't pick the goal scorers. So, um, Paul steps out a little into the lead with five points. Myself on two, Matt on one, and Andy, three games in, still looking for that first point. Now, we come to the Wigan game. Surely there's a point in this for Andy. It's his team currently. Um, But what would happen? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it would be a 1-1 draw. Ford scoring for Orient to put them 1-0 up on 18 minutes. And Humphreys scoring for Wigan, again right on the stroke of half-time, to level the score. I think they went in at half-time and then not really sure if they came out for the second half either side. Um, it f- did finish 1-1. I'd be pleased to know, Paul didn't get any points for this one, so he remains on five points overall. I, however, managed to pick a 1-1 score, so got the score bang on, so two points there, <laughs> and picked Humphreys. <coughs> um, so three points for me, levelling me up with Paul, and uh, Matt, Unfortunately, picked a 2-1 Wigan win. No goal scorers. Andy, 
picked a one nil Wigan win, so no points there, and not the goal scorer either. So Andy, four games in, on zero. Matt on one. Me and Paul on five. Uh, that was all of the weekend games wrapped up. So we shall move on to some Tuesday night football action, where uh, my team Hull took on Rotherham. Uh, I was in attendance at the game, uh, and what a game to be at! Uh, been saying for for a little while now that like the way that they, uh, they've started to play under a senior, playing out from the back. They just need to get the attacking part of it right. They're good at holding on to the ball. They just need to do a bit more with it. And if they can get that right, they might actually give somebody a pasting. Um, Q Rotherham, again though, was a little bit worried because they've not been on a great run of form, although they did take a point off Leeds last week. Um, you know, come come to the MKM Stadium, see what happens. So there was that kind of nervous energy, which was immediately put to rest uh, as Tyler Morton opened the scoring on five minutes. Uh, some good work by Liam Delap. Uh, through ball, managed to try and almost get it around the keeper. Keeper did get the ball, but completely then flattened the lap in the process. But uh, Morton was keeping up with play, thankfully, for a, a, a tap-in from pretty much the centre of the six-yard box uh, to make it 1-0. Didn't rest on the laurels either. Nine minutes in, Philogene scored again. Um, now... If you're not even a particular fan of Hull, I would advise you to go and seek out this goal. I immediately sent it to all the guys after the game had finished. Um, some people will describe it as skill. Uh, I immediately said it was just a cheeky... Yeah, for even trying it. So, good work by Lakilo and Christy down the right-hand side of the field. Christy manages to get by his defender. Passes to Lakilo, who found a pocket of space and swung it over to the back post at the left-hand side. The Rotherham defender could have quite easily have headed that ball out for a corner, but decided that it was a better option to just let him uh, let the ball hit him in the back, and it completely killed the ball dead. Philogene was there, but with his back to goal, looking for options. It turns out that option was a was a back heel across the face of goal into the far side on the right, leaving the keeper and the full back four looking like a right set of idiots. Um, the goal celebration was, um, yeah, a bit cheeky as well. So, um, yeah, after nine minutes, Hull were 2-0 up and absolutely rolling. Uh, again, didn't sit back on the laurels. Scott Twine scored after 20 minutes. In a similar vein to the first goal, good work by Liam Delap again. Um, threw on goal, had a shot that was absolutely travelling, definitely stung the keeper's palms uh, but again, the ball kind of stopped dead could have just crept in, he did look a bit guilty for tapping it in if I'm honest um, but that's Twine up and running as well on the, on the uh, score sheet as his first for the club um, so hopefully that'll give him a bit of a boost 3-0 up in 20 minutes is absolutely unheard of, by the way. Um, th- and, and that's how we got to half-time. It was a, it was bizarre. The whole fans in the North Sand singing Mauled by the Tigers, which I know Paul particularly will have enjoyed. Um, 
being sung at the away fans after 20 minutes is still a very, very lasting memory from last night. Uh, but yeah, chance for Rotherham to reset. Probably had a rocket from their manager at half-time, you'd imagine, and giving it the old just win the second half. And that didn't particularly start well, because three minutes into the second half, Philogene scored his second of the night to put Hull four up. Um, they then finally decided that that was probably time to start coasting a little bit. Um, let Rotherham back into the game. There was a lot of changes made, to be fair, which disrupted the flow of the team, but you could see that at 4 0 up, Rossini had probably had an eye on Rother- on um, Wigan at the weekend, at Wigan Watford at the weekend, um, started to make some changes. Hall scored for Rotherham, so unfortunately couldn't keep the clean sheet. Um, I'd be surprised if you guys, being geographically located where you are, didn't hear Allsop shouting at his back four as that goal crept in. He was not happy. Um, but yeah. Hull had two or three more chances. Some good saves by uh, the Rotherham keeper, who also was having a bit of banter with the family stand, um, which interesting. I don't know what the kids on the front row were saying to him, but um, yeah, he, he seemed to be enjoying himself. Uh, but the game finished 4-1 uh, to Hull, which just nuts. Absolutely nuts. Really, really enjoyable. It's nice to come away with that win and then actually still be happy about it the next day as well. I haven't given anybody a pasting like that for a while. Um, so yeah, points wise uh, Paul gets one point for the win and one point for Scott Twine scoring uh, I got one point for the win and one point for Morton scoring Matt got one point for the win and one point for Philogene scoring Andy your time has arrived my friend, you have, you have got a point you're off the mark for the week uh, so totals at this point, myself and Paul on seven Matt on three and Andy, like I say, off the mark now on one point. Uh, right, moving into the penultimate uh, result from last week uh, is Middlesbrough versus Preston North End. And Hull weren't the only team to score four goals on Tuesday night because Middlesbrough managed it as well, running out with a 4 0 win. Uh, Jones bagging himself two goals. Uh, he scored the first on 16. Vandenberg scored on 26 minutes. Jones again on 37 minutes to take them 3-0 into half-time. And then they decided to do absolutely nothing until the fourth minute of injury time where Bangura put the fourth in. Um, Paul got one point for the win here and one point for Jones. I got one point for Jones scoring. Um, I had gone with a draw, so yeah, more for me. But then there was a point for Matt for the win. No goal scorers. And Andy, another point for the win. So here he goes. He's rolling now. Doubled his points now. So that puts us on to Paul on nine. Myself now behind on eight. Matt on four. And Andy on two. Now, the last game of the uh, prediction from last week was Andy's team, Wigan, taking on Fleetwood. Again, heavy, heavy goal-scoring night on Tuesday. Wigan put three past Fleetwood, ran out of 3-0 winners. Um, however, they were aided by the fact that Fleetwood had a man sent off just before half-time. Um, although, at that point, we're already 2-0 up, as 
Jones wasn't just content with scoring two for Borough. He also apparently popped up for Wigan with Jones putting the first one in on four minutes. Uh, there was a Lynch on goal on 31 minutes and then into the second half, playing against 10 men, Pierce put the icing on the cake. 61 minutes to make it Wigan 3, Fleetwood nil. That did, however, points-wise, mean Paul got none. Didn't predict the win. Didn't predict any of the goal scorers. And the same for me, which means that I couldn't catch him. Matt, you did pick up one point for the win, taking you on to five. And Andy picked up another point for the win, but no goal scorers. So, total points for the week, for week 17. Uh, Paul did win the week on nine. He's not here, so it doesn't count. It's all null and void. Um, Nobody ever needs to speak about this again when he gets back. I'm sure that uh, it's not like, oh, wait a minute, this has been recorded. Uh, I finished second on eight. Matt on five and Andy managed to, to triple that, that solitary point and get himself on to three. So, a lot, a lot of results. There's also a decent amount of predictions this week as well. Um, despite the fact that he is now an international man of mystery, Mr. Williams has submitted his uh, predictions ahead of time. So we do have that to bring to you. And we will get into those predictions for all of us <laughs> right after a very small break. Don't run away. Just blink and it'll be time for the <coughs> second bit. Recording in progress. See? Told you. Blinked and we are here. So, yeah, it's time to get into some Week 18 predictions. Uh, now, we've got quite a full slate. It does start a little closer to home for uh, Mr. Cook and Mr. Williams, if he can be bothered to drag his ass back from his international adventures. Um, and that starts on Friday night with York versus... Uh, this is a conflict in Frandy because which one, which team are your boys in this game? Is it the hometown or is, are you going to stand by Wigan? I mean, the, the, there has been a conversation about potential attendance of this game. Um, I'm absolutely not going in the away end. So I guess <laughs> that kind of answers that question. Ah, <laughs> uh, Okay. Right. Pod, podcast so, um, loyalty versus, you know, it's it's one of them where if whichever team wins, you're all, you're going to be then following them going afterwards anyway. So you're all good on this one. Chicken dinners all right. Um, isn't it? So yeah, York versus Wigan. Now, as Paul has given me his predictions and he's not here, we'll let him go first, and Mister Cook will obviously go last. Uh, so Paul has predicted a three nil Wigan thumping of York. Uh, with Humphrey to get two and White to get the other. Um, now, I don't want any snarky comments because my mine were already in the book before Mr. Williams came through. Very but I had also close. picked <laughs> I had also picked a 3-0 Wigan win. Uh, Humphreys to get one, Adiko to get one, and Lang to get the other. Uh, so, Matt, what are your predictions? I've gone for a Wigan 2-1 win. Okay. With <laughs> Wigan, for the Wigan goal scorers, I've got Jones and Wyke. Yep. And the 
just because it tickled me. John Lewis. I saw that. Not his name. Literally the surname. John hyphen Lewis. And I was like, yeah, that one's straight down. Get that one in. Going straight in your basket. Um, Andy, round us out. Uh, so I've gone with a 1-0 York win. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who's your goal scorer? Henderson. Okay. Obviously, not busy enough in Saudi Arabia to just come and make a guest appearance for York. Okay. Those are in the book. So the next game on the docket we have is Hull versus Watford. Uh, another game I will be in attendance at. Um, so Paul has given us his prediction of a 2-1 Hull win with Tyler Morton, Liam Delap to score for Hull and he's got his Semmer on for uh, Watford. So 2-1 for Paul to Hull. Uh, Matt? Ditto. 2-1. Oh, so he obviously sent you the uh, predictions as well then, right? <laughs> Uh, I've I've gone Delap and Philogene. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, I've got that one. Bayo for uh, Watford. Bayo. <laughs> yeah, B-A-Y-O. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I should add, actually, from the uh, the whole stuff before, for the fact that Philogene put two away last night. I know we don't we don't talk about goals in games anymore. It's Goal contributions. So, um, so he's now got now got five assists and five goals in his last ten games. Uh, What's his Andy? expected goals and assists? I mean, surely, surely as, that irritates me as well. Surely, as, as a footballer that's an attacking player, your expected goal should be at least one every time you play. Ooh, what did you expect to get? <laughs> you lost 3-0 but what did you expect was going to happen um, Andy what's your predictions for Hull Watford just just nice and clean 1-0 Hull win ok with Paul's favourite Connolly to uh, score that, that there goal ok he did he did make an appearance off the bench last night uh, so he uh, he has a chance for the weekend um, I I've not gone as optimistic. I have gone for a 1-1 draw uh, with two fan to score for Hull and you all missed the all-boy rule because they've got Tom Ince. So I've got Ince <sighs> for Watford. Uh, so we shall see. Uh, we've won the last three home games. Four on the bounce is a stretch. We shall see. Okay, so the next one uh, is Leeds versus Middlesbrough. Um, I've gone down for a 2-1 Leeds win here. Nothing to do with Paul not being on the podcast um, at all. Uh, I've got Pirot and Rutter to score for Leeds and Isaiah Jones to carry on his goal-scoring form for the Borough. Andy? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, here it comes, he's going to predict some ridiculous... Ridiculous number of goals. I am not as predictable as that. Uh, five nil to the borough, please. <clears throat> Seriously, as well. Uh, I've got two for Latte Laugh. Yep. 
One for, for Silvera. <clears throat> and one for Rogers. That's not five, is it? That's four. Yeah. No, I, I had I had two for Silvera as well, and one for Rogers. Sorry, I can't read. I can't read my own typing. It's not even handwritten. So five goals leads would have been absolutely Rogers. Uh, Matt, I've gone for a one-all draw. Okay. Uh, Pirro for Leeds and Vandenberg for Borough. Okay, so not in attendance, but has sent the predictions, like I said. Predictions are last. It's his team. There's the rules. Uh, Paul has gone for a 2-2. He's gone for Bamford and James, which... If both of those players score in the same night, there's some sort of absolute shit show happening somewhere. That, that, yeah. is, not a, that is not a pair of players that people are happy about. Um, but he's also gone with Latte Laugh and Crooks for the Borough to hopefully get himself a few points for the book and a few, uh, well, one point obviously for his team. Um, so next, which I believe is the, it's the late game, isn't it, on... Is it? It's like the middle gate. Like I don't, I, oh, I don't know. What is it? The the, th- the third of the quarter of quintet of games on a Saturday. You have your early, you have your lunchtime game, your three o'clock game, your half past five game, and then your seven o'clock game. Something like that on a Saturday. It's just basically Sky going football all day. Um, there you go. It will inject it into your eyeballs. It's you know. <laughs> Clockwork Orange style. So, yeah, you might have guessed. The next game is, uh, and quite a big game, I would suggest, Forest versus Everton. Uh, again, Matt will go last on this one. Paul has given us a 1-1 draw from afar with Gibbs White and Calvert-Lewin because clearly you can only deal in hyphenated surnames at this stage. Um, Andy, what have you got? I've also got a 1-1 draw. I've got Wood. Of course. uh, And I've gone with McNeil. I have got 2-1 Forest win. Uh, Optimistic on this one. I know Everton have had all that crap going on with the the points as we discussed uh, last week. But... um, They had a chance. They had lots of chances against Man United last weekend, and could still have been playing now and not put any of them away. Um, however, I have given them a goal in this game. But I've gone two-one Forest. I've got Elanga, and much like Andy, I too have Wood, and I've got Harrison for Everton. Matt, I've got a bad feeling about this game. It just doesn't seem. Right, and it's the ultimate old boy rule. When the manager was an old boy, so and Sean Dyke was it wasn't a Forest old boy. So, so, but at what point does wood become a forest? When you've got you know three lots of wood, does that become like a forest? So yeah, I've got, I've also got wood down as well. Okay, and I've got Cal, Calvert Lewin and Decore. 
Okay, so you've gone for a, you've gone for the reverse result of mine then, yeah? 1-2. I've gone two. for the opposite, yeah. 2-1 Everton win. Uh, with Wood, Calvert-Lewin and Decore. Um, it's it's a weird one, that, isn't it? Because like, with, the, with the points deduction, you almost feel like now it's either going to be the best time to play them or the worst time to play them. And I don't know if it makes it worse that they got spanked last weekend by United. And that that was never a 3-0 game either, if you, if you saw any of it. Like, Everton were all over them for a good portion of that match. And that's that's the worry, is that Forrest, uh, Forrest have looked really poor in defence. I mean, if anybody... I mean, why the hell would you? Like, I, like I messaged you lads last night, I was giving myself a metaphorical punch in the bollocks. Because I decided to watch the Forest highlights after being like, ah, I can't be bothered. And I thought, ah, probably should, but this just... You can't get the defence right. Murillo is quality. Like, absolute quality. There was... I think Brighton got the ball on the break. And Pedro was clean through in injury time. And it was like, I can't think. I think Gibbs White or Hudson Odoi was chasing back. And then they obviously just ran out of steam. But then Murillo, who'd just been kind of gently jogging alongside, then put on the afterburners and slid on and just made the channel on, challenge on João Pedro. And you're like, ah, oh, that's quality. But they just can't get someone to go next to. And the wing-backs are shocking. Or the full-backs are shocking. They just can't. They just don't defend. Um, and... Everton are tall. They're just—they're a typical Dykes team now. They're tall. They're strong. They put—they put the ball into the box and they hope that they get lots of headers and score goals. Uh, I just think Forrest—that could be Forrest's downfall, unless he makes some significant changes. Um, I would hope that Yates will be back in the team this week, but who knows? I was working more on the on the basis of <clears throat> they gave that last game everything they had in the face of what had happened with the points deduction and got. Absolutely ruined. Hopefully, um, hopefully, so, hopefully, just kind of knock the stuffing out of them. But God, if you hear yeah. all the all the other footballers going on, well, you know, it's just the right person will get them all. Go siege, main, siege mentality, button down the hatches, boy. Yeah, don't cheat. Don't spend too much money on players that you haven't got. You did. That's how it works. It's correct. Um, right. Okay. So we've got two more and. We've we've actually inadvertently double forested, so we we triple wooded to make the forest, and now we've got an extra forest game straight off the back of the last one. Um, I believe is it Wednesday night this one? Yeah, annoyingly. <laughs> so yeah, Wednesday night Fulham at home to Nottingham Forest. Um, Paul was clearly watching the Forest Wolves game from earlier this week, seeing the fact that. Fulham hadn't had a penalty all season and then got two in the same night and Willian takes their penalties. He has got 1-0 Fulham with Willian to score. So I'm assuming he's uh, basing that on the old penner. Um, I was slightly more optimistic than that. We discussed previously that Forrest haven't had an issue scoring goals away from home this season. Uh, but I have got a 2-2 draw for this one. Uh, I've got Jimenez and Pereira for, uh, for Fulham, and I've got Danilo and Gibbs White for Forest. Andy, one nil Forest win. One nil is that? <clears throat> yes, please. Okay, uh, and has he has he done it again? 
No. Or one year. Uh, oh, no. is he back? No, 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 he's out for three months. Okay. Damn it. Oh. Then, yes, he's done it again. He's triple wooden himself. Um, sounds like it. Good Wednesday nights. Um, okay, down then for, for one nil wood. So, Matt, what have you got? I'm going for a hopeful two-all draw. Ooh, same as me. Okay. I've gone William and Iwobi. Yep. Uh, and then Elanga and Morgan Gibbs-White to score. Iwobi had a good game in that... Um... Wolves game as well the other night. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know it sounds sad, but um, I've played quite a lot of the new uh, FC24, and the players that have ended up in my ultimate team through the cards thing, I've ended up actually watching out for during games. <laughs> um, and, and it will be for whatever reason was one of the special cards that you got. Um, and he's uh, he, yeah, he's he was doing pretty well the other night. Uh, okay, so the last game for predictions this time around we've gone from first to last because uh, Wigan are back again and this time they are at home to Stockport. Uh, this is in the Bristol Street Motors trophy slash uh, yeah whatever whatever it's called these days um, so yeah League 1 Wigan take on League 2 Stockport um, Paul has gone for a 2-1 Wigan win with Jones and Lang to score for Wigan, and Madden switching from the uh, American sports ball for one night only uh, to score for Stockport. Uh, I have gone for a 1-0 Wigan win, with Godo to score for Wigan. I'd love to know how it was pronounced, but in a Hull accent, Godo just felt the absolute one to pick. Um, Matt? Can we rename this the Another Trophy Newcastle Can't Win Trophy? That gets confusing because then they're all called that. <laughs> well, this is another one. They've, you know, they've allowed under 21s to enter this year and they can't win that either. So we'll just add that into the list. Uh, I've gone for a Wigan 2 1 win. Okay. With yep. Wyke and McManaman. And Stockport Olafe. O-L-A-L-O-F-E. Lafay. Lafay, yeah. Cool, right. Okay, so Andy, from, uh, from, like I say, from first game to last game, last predictions of the podcast fall to you, sir. A little known fact, this is actually a a Cook derby, this one. Um, However, I have picked Wigan to win 1-0. Purely... So I can predict stones to score a goal. Yeah, I'd started to write that when I when I saw that game thrown up. I was like, yeah, he's going there. Um, so all the predictions are done. Um, that is it. Six games. Um, as yeah, there's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of football. I didn't I didn't expect cheeky two games in the middle of next week either. So. Uh, there is a lot of football going on. 
Has anybody got anything else? Oh, Matt's, Matt's straight on it. Go on, sir. I've got two. Um, first one is the uh, announcement, was it today or yesterday, about the possible using sin bins? Oh, yeah, I heard that. In football? Paul Merson's had a, a reaction to it. Um, I don't know. I, I, part of me kind of is like, maybe it's something we need to try out just to kind of stop some of the daft, some of the stuff that's not ascending off. It's a booking, but it's not like, you know, if you get booked twice, sometimes some of the stuff is not a two booking, like sending off kind of offence. And maybe they need to use something like that or, yeah. I, c- I don't know. I don't. I don't have a massive issue with it if it helps kind of improve the game or streamline it or something like that. I don't know. Mark, I think my worry with it would be is that like after all the fuss of VAR, it was like we're going to introduce it and we're going to see how it goes. And I think they're already too far in with it now that they won't remove it for all of its failings. I just can't see it happening, and I, I would worry that the Simbin thing would be put in on the same basis of a trial and then they would just never take it out again um, I would also worry that the two would mix in the sense of then do you have to use the VAR to decide if somebody's getting Simbin'd not yeah, sent off yeah. um, injury time then up to a minimum of 20 minutes per game <laughs> like for me this is a this is probably a really old school way of looking at it. Um, football is a really simple game, really simple game. Aside from the fact that offside is pretty much the only rule, everything else is don't deck the other guy. Yeah, and try and put the don't deck the other guy. Try and put the ball in in the net. That is it. And like I said, offside. I like it's it's not a complicated game, but they want. Every every like the Simbin thing, I sorry the VAR thing I think was tr- was brought in to try and make it almost perfect. I don't know that the Simbin thing works for me on the basis of like it's still supposed to be eleven versus eleven unless somebody's really done something bad. Yeah. Um, I I just I just rather it. I'm not I'm not against it as, as as such, and you know at the end of the day it's not for me to decide, but I would rather it stay as it is. Yeah, oh, yeah, I think my question would be what does it add I think the thing that sometimes is some games can be ruined by either someone being sent off or someone being carded for things that probably don't warrant being sent off um, I mean maybe, like, maybe like kicking the ball away maybe yeah I think maybe they could at some point uh, maybe at some point they could kind of use it for dissent because I think that's the biggest blight on football aside from VAR is the way and I know it's you know it's like oh it's the way footballers always talk to the referees and you're like yeah and that's a problem you know the way the re- the way the players talk to referees is bad it then transfers to Sunday league and then it transfers down to schools you know and the kids speak to each other and teachers and coaches as if they're a professional footballer talking to a referee on a on a Saturday or Sunday or Monday or 
Tuesday or Friday because um, they see it all the time and it's just I just think it's, it's just wrong and I just hope if, it, if it's used in that situation of right descent towards a referee is a sin bin because it's not really sending off but it's you know you need to kind of take some time off then kind of thing but I don't know it'll just be another thing for people to whinge about and I think that's the major issue for it I like I think when it happens in rugby, for example, like it's it's a huge thing and it can massively affect the game. Like by the time they come back on the pitch, if like another five or seven points or whatever have been been scored, like I don't know if I don't know if football has the same kind of well, no, you look I, I like Forest, like Forest with the uh, Bright were down to ten men for what fifteen twenty minutes if not longer, and mm. Forrest still didn't score, apart from the penalty that they'd already been given. So, And and how often do you see it as well, where teams get a man sent off and then play out of their skin? Yeah. Like, sometimes you wouldn't even know that they're missing. Um, so, it's... it's Plus, like, it, the cat, you'd have to then almost have, like, a third category, wouldn't you? You'd have, like, yellow card offences with a sim bin, yellow card offences maybe without a sim bin and then like your red card stuff and then like how does it work then if you've already got a yellow but then you get like a sim bin effect like are you still I, there's, yeah. there's a lot of complications yeah. to it I know, I know like in rugby if you get a second thin bin card which is what effectively what a yellow card that's what a yellow card is in rugby they don't have a yellow warning card yeah. You just get a warning from the referee. And if you get two, if you if you sin bin once and then you get another yellow card, they just send you off. That, that's it. You just sent off because it's it's two bookable offences. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to implement it and what it's going to be used for. But yeah. I thought that, so that was, was number one. So what what was number two? And the second one's a bit of a kind of melancholy kind of thing is the passing of uh, Terry Ven- Terry Venables. Um, not a... Obviously, never never managed Forest, never managed Hull, but was England manager uh, for the Euro '96, which was kind of the previous best, you know, aside from the World Cup, which we weren't alive for. Um, unless anyone's got any dark secrets, um, uh, you know, it was the previous best to what an England team had done, and it, you know, I think that kind of like went because it was in this country, it was that kind of. I don't know about possibly, about possibly you. I mean, the 1990 World Cup resonated with me somewhat, but 96 was like the first kind of real time that like international football had kind of stuck with me and all that type of thing. Um, I mean, and obviously, like the, his, you know, his managerial career in Barcelona was something that was quite unique at the time, and you know, he did very well. Um, and then. I mean, obviously Paul's not on, but he could talk about the job that he did with uh, Brian Robson with Middlesbrough to keep them up that year that Brian Robson was, I think he was a new manager, kind of player coach. Um, and he worked with Brian Robson that year to work at Middlesbrough to kind of keep them up. So, and just a kind of, one of those players that I think is a player as well, again, when it comes to this kind of thing, I go to my dad, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, he's an absolutely quality player. He was just lost in the kind of, a little bit too late for 66. Not quite, you know, the teams weren't quite good enough after that kind of golden, that first golden generation of England players 
But he was like, oh yeah, he was absolute quality. And but that kind of had his career ended early because of injury again, kind of thing, and just that kind of. But yeah, so sad passing, um, kind of a proper character of British of English football kind of thing. At the at the uh, Hull Rotherham game before kick off, there was a minute's applause, and they had uh, the picture up on on the screen and you know in the black and white, and they did uh, pay tributes then. But I'm I'm very much the same like that. Euro '96 tournament was the first time I remember getting excited about international football, um, particularly that Holland game um, was the one for me that year. Um, but I always remember him being like a fairly like level-headed guy, like to the media, which I think a lot of managers this like in this <laughs> day and age could do to maybe take a leaf out of that book. Yeah. I would I would bet the absolute house that he wasn't as level headed and quiet and, and what have you behind the uh, <laughs> you know in the dressing room, but um, yeah I, I agree like he, he kind of for me in my lifetime is the first memorable England manager because of the way he, he conducted himself just a proper gent and uh, apparently a, a dab hand at the old karaoke as well from uh, the tributes I've seen since good set of pipes um, he said he. he passed away after a, a long battle with illness as well and he kind of from I hadn't even seen any of that he seemed, seemingly managed to keep that private as well so again one of the few that's been in the spotlight and has managed to keep his private life private so uh, definitely exemplary, exemplary all round I believe um, anything else? we good? I don't know that's it alright Mr Cook um, just when when you were saying about um, ninety six, I was like, I I, I I I think it's been discussed before that I've had a bit of a up and down history with uh, football in my in my younger days. I was absolutely mad in football. It's all I did, all I cared about, and then it sort of like went away. But I had a I had a Euro ninety six t shirt, and I can remember every detail of that t shirt. And exactly like you, I was like, I remember that being the first point in time where I actually cared about international football. Sort of brought me back into sort of football. I remember like my whole family being there for the Holland game. And it was just like there had been nothing bigger at that point in time. There was nothing bigger going on at that point in time. It was just everything. And just the, the the tension and and the the feel of it, it was like, wow, this is intense. Um, so yeah, like when when that like when it came through on the message, it was like, oh man. Um, so yeah, sad times. It's it's another one of those bad times for football. Sad times for us, but. It's also like a bit of a kick in the childhood as well, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that is your football podcast for week seventeen, leading into week eighteen. Uh, unless customs have their wicked way with the man, I am sure Mister Williams will be back in the saddle next week. Um, if he sat slightly higher than normal, you know that customs have uh, paid him a visit. Anyway. We shall see you next week. Enjoy all of the games this weekend and uh, catch you later. So there you go, what do you think, Sarts? 
I think we did an okay job. We still managed to talk football, and that's what we're here to do. Even if the head honcho himself wasn't here, we we managed. We can do it. Big thank you for listening, big thank you for watching, big thank you for being here. Before you go, if I can ask you to do a couple of things, please do like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button for you to get in touch with us. There we go. Football podcast done. Another week of games gone. Another week of games to come. Join us next week where we'll review these games and talk more football. Until then, I'm going to say goodbye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.